Welcome to episode two of the Human Culture Movement podcast. My name is Jared Lafitte. I'm your host. And today we're going to talk about chief culture officers. Chief culture officers. Some organizations have this as a formal title. Most organizations don't. However, if you want to lead more effectively, I challenge you to take this title very seriously. Whether you're a VP of finance, sales rep, store manager, CEO, board member, if you have an organization you want it to succeed, then you need to take on the title Chief Culture Officer. Why? Why does it matter? Culture is one of the few things in an organization that grows and develops, usually in very complex ways, whether you put great effort into it or whether you do nothing at all. Unlike accounting or HR or inventory, which remain stagnant if you do nothing to work on them, a culture moves and develops in your organization with or without you. I'll say that again. A culture always develops in your organization with or without you. As long as there are two or more people interacting in any human situation, in any organization, in any context, there is a culture in the midst of them. There's a system of beliefs, behaviors, expectations, traditions, priorities, symbols, and ideas in their midst that germinate and develop and frame what they do and what they care about and what they talk about. And here's the kicker. As a leader, your role is to be at the helm, at the front end of shaping this process in addition to the other leadership tasks you have. You're a chief culture officer. You're shaping this process instead of watching it happen. If you're a CEO or a VP, today you have an unofficial job title to add to your list as well. If your executive board consists of five members, your organization has five co-chief culture officers. Your culture is your collective project, and it rests on you. What do I mean that? Or what do I mean by that? Your people perpetuate your culture, but you precipitate it. Your people perpetuate your culture, but you precipitate it, and you make changes to it when there need to be changes made. You set the priorities. You define what beliefs are necessary for your organization's success. 
You set the tone with your character, your ability to build trust and maintain trust and respect, your relationships with your team members and your leaders. You set the example through the experiences, words, beliefs, and behaviors you create among your leadership team. It's not someone else's job. It's yours. Let me say something really quickly about leading by example. Because there are a lot of great leaders out there who lead by example and lead well, but because they don't communicate effectively, because they don't build relationships effectively, they suffer and their organizations suffer. Leading by example is great, but it's not enough. You need actions and words, solid communication with your team in order to build a healthy culture. A great leader is a great communicator. If you think of culture, in terms of some peripheral aspect of your organization that you should periodically manage, like a garden, you've already lost the game. You've lost the game, man. If it's just something you do, like a hobby or like a feature, the train's gone, man. In the absence of clearly set beliefs, behaviors, expectations, standards, priorities, ways of communicating, and an environment of respect and trust, in the absence of those things, human nature will take over and create its own beliefs, behaviors, and environment within your organization. If you don't build it, someone else will. And when human nature takes over in a vacuum, it always goes badly. Always. If you're not clear, unclarity will create unrest. If you're not clear, if you don't take charge, unclarity creates unrest. Think of it this way. Let's go abstract for a second. Culture is like hair. It always grows, and it grows fast. If you're like me, your hair grows way too fast, and it's annoying because I'd rather have all that energy that makes my hair grow fast go to my metabolism. But my body doesn't want to do that. Anyway, if you don't do anything to your hair, it will grow, and it will grow badly. It will get messy. It will go awry. That's why we work on our hair every day. We do stuff to it to make sure it's presentable, to make sure things are good up there. Could you imagine not doing anything to your hair for a month? What would happen? It'd be a disaster. I don't even want to make jokes right now about my bald friends. 
we could find another analogy for them. But if your hair is something you're willing to take care of every day, shouldn't your culture be something you're willing to take care of every day? Unlike hair, you have total control over what your culture becomes. I would argue this. You can fight me on this. Tweet me on this, email me, but I believe you actually have more control as a leader over your organizational culture than you do your hair, because you can set your behaviors, beliefs, your ideas, your language, your expectations, your principles, your standards, your silos, your practices. You can define all that if you want. Now, it might take a while to get people to buy into it, but the fact is you do have control over communicating these things, talking with people about them, and then setting the example yourself. You have control over what your culture becomes from its inception if you take active steps. Look, a good leader manages their culture. A great leader makes their culture. A good leader manages their culture. They're on the back end. They're watching and waiting and seeing what people are going to do. Things go bad. They're ready. I call these fire extinguisher leaders. They're not really guiding what happens in the organization so much as standing by like a fireman. Just getting ready to put out a fire when it comes and then waiting for the next fire to come. That's managing. If you're managing a toxic, negative culture, you've lost the game. It's ahead of you. But a great leader makes their culture. A great leader realizes that culture starts in the experiences, words, Beliefs and behaviors of their people starts in the relationships they build, starts in their ability to create trust, their own personal character. And a great leader takes all of this stuff and works to proactively curate. See, I use that cool word, curate. Curate and actively develop these things communicate these things to set the course and expectation for how their culture grows. I'll tell you something about toxicity. Cultures become toxic because leaders tolerate toxicity. And this isn't just about an organization. This is in your personal life, too. You get what you tolerate until you get to a point where you say, I'm not going to have this anymore in my life, in my company, in my relationships, then you'll keep getting it. You get what you tolerate. Great leaders have a very low tolerance for toxicity. They're sensitive to the beliefs their people hold. 
and they create experiences and words to help shape these beliefs. They don't hope for good things to happen in their organization. They get in the trenches, understand what's working and what isn't working, get honest, legitimate feedback from people. And they don't stop until they've created health in every area, one relationship at a time, one meeting at a time, maybe even letting some people go. They don't tolerate toxicity. They make things healthy. Remember, culture is an asset, not a feature of an organization. Name one aspect, one part of an organization that exerts more control over productivity, profitability, turnover, morale, employee retention, market presence, competitive advantage than your organization's culture. It is your single largest controlling financial asset. Everything runs through your culture. And so that's why great leaders take care of it. It's precious to them. It controls everything. As a system of communications, beliefs, and behaviors, it exerts control over productivity, benchmarks, engagement. And so, if you want to take responsibility for your productivity, benchmarks, engagement, that means taking control of your culture first. Everything runs through it. A chief culture officer takes responsibility for their most precious asset. They evaluate it when applicable, determine its deficiencies and potential, identify negative trends, and act preemptively to keep things healthy and flourishing. If you want a great culture, it starts, as we were saying last time, with asking, who am I? Figuring out whether you're a source of toxicity, unclarity, unrest. Looking in the mirror and making changes. You can't change your culture unless you want to change yourself. No one's perfect. We've all got things we've got to work on. I'll tell you one thing. One surefire sign, or sure sign, that there's some major toxicity in your culture is when the circle of blame is present. What do I mean by the circle of blame? Anytime anything goes wrong, the fingers point. It's always someone else's fault. This department didn't do this. This department didn't do this. This leader didn't tell us this. And the thing is, sometimes there's a lot of truth. Rarely is it ever one person's fault alone when something goes wrong. But the problem is, 
the relinquishing of any responsibility. When things do go wrong, it's always someone else's fault. And then you never usually get to the root of the issue. The flip side of that, another way you know a culture is really toxic, is when you see people taking credit of each other's successes when things go right. Toxic culture blames everyone else when things go wrong and takes credit from everyone else when things go right. Talk about resentment. Chief culture officer nips this in the bud. They don't tolerate it. It's not going to happen for us. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode, episode two of the Human Culture Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lafitte. Please subscribe to this podcast for more. Follow me on Twitter at J-A-R-E-D-L-A-F-I-T-T-E. On Instagram, same thing, at Jared Lafitte. Visit our website at www.thehumanculturemovement.com, one word, thehumanculturemovement.com. If you're interested in coaching, consulting, visit www.lafittecoaching.com. That's L-A-F-I-T-T-E, coaching.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>